0: Welcome to Marvel Moments, the show where we take an in-depth look at the recurring themes of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. You're listening to part two of a two-part discussion on mentoring in the MCU between two youth workers, myself, Matt, an Englishman living and working in Scotland,
1: and me, Stephen Mitchell, a Scotsman living and working in England.
0: Last time, we discussed the numerous failings of the irascible Tony Stark as a mentor, and the many mentors of Peter Parker, Spider-Man. You don't need to listen to that part first in order to understand this part, but we'll understand if you want to hit pause and go get caught up. We can wait. This episode, we're going to discuss which mentor-mentee relationship is the best in the MCU. We'll listen to a very special Stan Lee moment, China spotlight on Stephen's podcast and take a mindful moment in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. But first, a letter from one of our listeners. So there was this question I asked the Facebook group about whether Spider-Man himself was ever a good mentor. And Ames said... I guess that depends on if we're talking about Teenage Spidey or Adult Spidey. I would say Teenage Spidey is a good role model but not yet a good mentor. He has a ways to go and more to learn first. He's fairly impulsive and doesn't always know the right thing to do, but his heart is in the right place. And with maturity, yes, he will be a great mentor. Uh, I absolutely see that potential in teenage Spidey. He generally cares about people and he will someday want to guide younger folk. She says that she would like to put the other Spider-Mans on the list of of mentors for Peter Parker. So the Tobey Maguire Spider-Man and the Andrew Garfield Spider-Man, the part where they're talking about the guilt they felt over death they wish they'd presented. Mm -hmm. She she says she loved the entire sequence with the three of them together. Yeah. I think you and I actually discussed this a little bit on your podcast on Real Face when we discussed No Way Home about how the older Spider-Man acted in a, more kind of mentoring relationship to Tom Holland Spider Man.
1: Yeah, no, no, I, I do remember us talking about that, and and I think that that's really true. And I was going to bring up uh, Toby and Andrew Garfield because I think they do. I think particularly Toby Maguire to to both of them, to Andrew Garfield and uh, Tom Holland's iteration. I think he is yeah as the older Spider Man is it, very much a, an informal mentor to both of them, and and. But that, but then they all end up supporting each other, especially towards the end, and, and supporting Andrew Garfield with his own self doubts, and 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 not thinking he's he's that great, and and Tobey saying you're incredible, you're amazing, like what you can do, and who you are, and 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 I love that that little therapy session that the three of them have at the Statue of Liberty, and and, and building each other up and comforting one another. And then right at the end when Tom Holland's Spider-Man wants to kill Green Goblin, wants to kill Norman Osborn, both of them, the older spider man looking down, realising we have both been in that place and, and Tobey Maguire ultimately stepping in between as well. So, so and, and so I think Tom Holland's Peter Parker will become like those two and actually could be a great mentor to to somebody whether that's a miles morales or 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 somebody else who knows where they where they go with it but i think he from what he's learned and and from what he's gone through and the support he's had although he's now obviously in a very different place at, at the end of no way home but it would be interesting to see him grow and, and become a mentor to, to younger people
0: yeah absolutely and i think we see the seeds of that um because when you talk about the kind of advice they're giving to each other at one point the tables turn and it's peter's turn to say oh actually i don't mean to boast but i was an avenger uh, so i know about teamwork in a Mm. way that you two clearly don't um so here's what we're going to do say you know kind of coordinate trust your tingle and and All that, and um, and the little word of encouragement that he gives to one of the others when he says, Now, now you're getting it. So, you start to see the seeds of that, and hopefully, I think because we're going to get some more young Avengers in the MCU, it's quite clear that with the different characters they're bringing out, with America Chavez coming up in Doctor Strange, uh, with, with Kid Loki, with uh, Wonder and Visions Kids, uh, with Eli um, Bradley from um, Falcon and Winter Soldier, they're Mm. clearly kind of putting that together and they have to kind of do that quickly if they want them to still be young Avengers. And Miss Marvel as well. Absolutely, yeah. So as much as Spider-Man seems to be returning to his roots as a lone hero operating on his own without anybody really knowing who he is, I'm sure there's got to be opportunity for him to get alongside some of those younger heroes and give them a a bit of advice from the... Because as young as he is, he's still probably got about five, six years' experience. You were saying about how Peter 2 and Peter 3 recognised in Peter 1 that they had been there in that place. And I think that goes right back to some of the thoughts that I had on some of Tony's relationships with the younger uh, Spider-Man and with uh, Harley Keener, that there is that sense that he recognised in them somewhat something of himself in, in an early life. And I think that's positive. That can be really helpful, but it isn't always enough. I think you need to have that sense of self-reflection to know that even though this person, this other person is going through something similar to you, maybe has a similar personality or um, a similar gifting ability, that you need this kind of self-awareness to know, what well, how much is their situation like mine? Uh, in what ways was my situation different? And, you know, what worked with me isn't necessarily going to work with them. Even if I was given the best advice for the time, the world that they're living and operating in is different to the world that I learned these lessons in. Uh, the scenario... That I came up through, mm-hmm. and and I'm reminded of a conversation. I think it was on your podcast where you're discussing uh, matrix resurrections uh, with an, another youth worker. She mm-hmm. she was just really emphasising the importance of listening and curiosity. Mm-hmm. And I think too often it there can be this idea that okay, the mentor is more experienced. Um, the more well developed and well rounded person, it's up to them to give the advice. They've always got to know what to say, and, and I think, kind of internally, from position of somebody who feels they're often in the position of role model or mentor or coach, that can be a bit daunting as well. Kind of thinking, "Oh my goodness, I, what do I say in that situation?" And mm-hmm. that can lead to one of two things: either a, you're not really considering the other person's situation, or b you're actually thinking too much about what you have to say and not enough about what's going on in front of you so mm. I, I think that idea of just really listening to the person as james said on another show uh, make sure they ha- have a damn good listening to mm. and then express that curiosity about them find out about what's going on with them how does that feel how does that look what's the texture of that from their internal perspective and what their instinct is and whether they've faced a situation like this before?
1: Yeah, yeah, and I think that goes to, back to thinking about Stephen Strange and 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 Tony Stark. Their assumption that they were always right, and yeah. and their decisions were right, and Peter's were wrong, and so not taking into account Peter at all. And that they they had made their assumption. No, we're the adult, and and, and we know what's right, and so they were never really listening. to to peter and his experiences and and for themselves forgetting what it was like to be a, a 15 year old
0: yeah absolutely um there's a great line from harry potter where dumbledore and harry sit down and think it is at the point where dumbledore had been avoiding harry for a while thinking that he was acting out of harry's best interests but it engendered a lot of anger in harry and dumbledore says something to the, the like of, you know, young people don't know what adults are thinking, what they're going through, but the fault of adults is in not remembering what it's like to be a young person. And there is something of that, you know, a young person will find it very difficult to understand an adult's perspective a lot of the time because they have yet to go through that. But if an adult's not taking the time to remember what a a young person's perspective felt like or to find it out then that is a much more serious fault because that is information that is an ability that they should in some way have available to them. Uh, And just thinking about Doctor Strange, he just really is the worst mentor. (laughs) Um, Somebody pointed out to me that because of his great skill in both the surgical world and the magical world he's very much somebody who would just do it all himself there's a scene early on in doctor strange where he realizes a problem with somebody who had been declared dead but the actually it was a false reading and he insisted on acting on it and being the one to perform the life saving surgery but you know he, he really poured scorn on the surgeon who had initially been involved in that case and wouldn't involve them in, in it at all, and just pushed them away. Whereas, you know, he's just one doctor, he he can't perform every surgery. And with his great skill, I think there's also a great responsibility there to mm. train others up, to offer some of that coaching, uh, maybe some mentoring to somebody. Perhaps that occasion wasn't the ta- time to do it, but there's just that sense there where he just... He just doesn't invest in other people. He just really wants to be the star of the show. Yeah. yeah. And uh, one last thought on Doctor Strange. You know, he's very intelligent and learns very well, but I I think he's a terrible uh, protege as well. I don't think he takes guidance uh, very well. As as soon as he knows enough about magic uh, to... Starts learning on his own. He he really doesn't listen very well to Wong or to the Ancient One.
1: No, he yeah he's he's definitely very determined and very single-minded, and and I think that's dulled a little bit, but still, just still very impulsive. I think that's still a, a character trait that is, that is there, and I guess we'll see how that develops in the, the multiverse of madness. Um, but, but yeah, those character traits and character flaws are, are definitely still shining bright in him.
0: Yeah, and I think we see that in the What If episode where he decides to take it on himself to go back in time and mm-hmm. try and save Christine, uh, despite Wong's gentle suggestion that he's probably best f- focusing on the present before he does something stupid. Yeah. And the Ancient One's direct intervention...
2: You don't know that. Books have been lost, libraries destroyed. Stop torturing yourself, Stephen. There is no hope here. Christine is gone. You cannot save her. (sighs) Stephen, this path only leads to darkness and the end of this reality. Please, do not do this, or I will be forced to stop you. You'd have to find me first.
0: And I think this could be a good way in to discussing what makes a good protege, because we've discussed a lot about what makes a good mentor, what makes a bad mentor. Um, perhaps to recognise that mentoring relationships are not for everyone um, on both ends. What What would you say would make a a good protege?
1: I th- I think there has to be a a willingness and a humility to be open to change, to be open to be challenged, for it to be uncomfortable, potentially at points, and and also to be a really good listener. Mm. We we obviously said that about a mentor, but I think a mentee has to be a really good listener and and be serious about that mentoring relationship. I, I, I I remember a mentoring relationship... I had where I was the mentee and kind of I, I guess I, I started not taking it very seriously at the beginning and messing about a little bit and the mentor actually saying to me, "Look, if you want this, I'm I'm here for you, and I'm happy to, and, and willing to go through this, but if you're not going to take it seriously, then then there's no point because it's it's about you and, and what you bring to this." And, and, and so that really challenged me and, and changed me in terms of that relationship and I, and I guess what I think of mentoring going forward. So, yeah, there has to be a, a willingness. You have to take it seriously and, and ultimately be open to, to change and challenge.
0: Yeah, there's an acronym that I keep coming back to for this and it's looking for somebody who's ready and it's reliable enthusiastic i'm gonna kind of do that thing where i completely forget i forget what a was d was determined and y was young and it wasn't young necessarily in the sense that they were um, a teenager or a young adult but just young in an attitude of being ready to learn and mm-hmm. ready to experience those different things, which is, I think, what you're saying. And I think we definitely see that in Peter Parker. He mm. is very ready to learn and actually it in some ways points to how the attitude of the student or the protege, of the learner is more important than the attitude of the mentor because Peter just seems to have this ability where he can learn from anyone, which is great because so many of his mentors end up trying to kill him. <laughs> thinking about Kirk Connors, Otto, Otto, Otto Octavius, Norman Osborn, um, but he, he's just very able to and uh, willing to learn. Mm. Um, Do you see any other uh, good protégés, any any other people who are really ready for a mentoring relationship in the MCU?
1: I think obviously going back to, to Hawkeye and Kate, I think Kate thinks she's ready at the start, and I, and I think there's work that has to be done with her. To get yeah. her to the stage in episode six, where she really is ready, and and I think by episode six, it, as you said, she 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 talks about the hope that Hawkeye brings. She and and Hawkeye explains, "Look, this is going to be lonely at points. This is this is going to hurt you." Hmm. And and at that point, she is ready for for that relationship definitely. And I was going to say Wanda, but I'm not sure it. There was a p- particularly a point that she was ready for a mentoring relationship, but she was definitely impacted by by informal mentoring. But I don't think she ever explicitly said or or was ready for a relationship like that.
0: Yeah, is would that be the point in Age of Ultron where uh, she and Clinch are an, a nice moment in the midst of the destruction of Sokovia?
1: It it is, but again, she doesn't. Really, see anything? That's all from from Clint's what Clint says hmm. to her, and I think maybe on the inside she's she's ready. But yeah, verbally, there's there's nothing nothing for us to go on on that to know definitely.
0: I mean that that is a, a great scene, um and another good example uh, to discuss of Clint's kind of very natural mentoring abilities because again he's giving her an inspirational talk he's recognizing where she is as a person he's been very empathetic um and understanding and he, he gives her that out he says if you want i can go and get your brother to come get you but he's very definitive about you know if you go out that door if you if you're part of this you're really part of this you have to give it your all hmm. i guess wonder is again another person another character who is a good learner because she shows that uh, she's ready and willing to learn at the beginning of a civil war. She, she's actually the focus of all the other characters' kind of lessons hmm. as they're staking out uh, the action that's about to happen. And then again, in Wonder Vision, Agatha Harkness foists herself on Wonder as an unwanted mentor teaching her about witchcraft and Wanda shows as much as she doesn't want to have Agatha's help because Agatha again is another manipulator she is open and willing to learn some lessons Mm -hmm. for example the runes and that she blasts into the sky that give her control over the situation no that's
1: true
0: I just wanted to say on Kate as as a protégé, as a learner, that she, she did have a lot of the uh, things to look for. She, you know, she wanted to be there. She was determined. Uh, she felt ready to learn. But she wasn't a great listener to start off with. I'm just thinking about that point where she just ducks out on Clint on the rooftop in episode four, and mm-hmm. she's already walking across the street to Maya's apartment building while Clint's still talking to her. Kate? Kate?
2: There you are. I, I told you you're supposed to be lookout. Yeah, what of the two of us? Who do you trust that they're not to get distracted? Look, it's not fair. That your inability to act like a grown-up helps you get your way. No, it's not. But it is what it is.
0: So so perhaps it was just that enthusiasm, that overconfidence, just needed tamping a wee bit, just so that she could hear what Clint was saying.
1: But yeah, and I, and I think she gets there. I think that's... That's definitely something that she learns from because she she is very in, impulsive and and, and strong willed and and there is a leveling off of that and a and a realization that she needs to take it maybe a little bit more seriously and and I think that journey she get she goes on she gets there by the end.
2: Yeah, p- perhaps
0: part of that is coming up against a threat that uh, she really doesn't have the skill set to deal with. In a uh, year later, bring brings it home just how real it is.
1: And I, th- and I think Elena, in terms of a of a mentee with her, and that's with her sister. So so I don't know that that, that there's that kind of family dynamic again in that, but that does an interesting, just as a as another point of a of a mentoring relationship potentially there as well.
0: Yeah, I think it's quite interesting because I think Yelena could also be an interesting mentor to Kate as well. Somebody who's mm. had a different perspective on life.
1: Yeah, and there's an assumption. Well, my assumption is they will end up working together at some point, but that's if they, if they go down that route of bringing that group together.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Before we move on, are there any other mentoring relationships or um, thoughts on mentoring you wanted to look at?
1: I had thought of the, the, the ancient one in Doctor Strange, but I think we've covered it, I guess, from the negative point of view of of Stephen Strange, his his inability to be a a, a very good mentee but i think the ancient one's view of they weren't willing to train Stephen until he was definitely ready Yeah. so he thought he thought he was but he clearly wasn't in a place and, and and so there was a certain making sure that he was really serious which again goes back to just covering some of the stuff that we've already said so it doesn't i don't think needs discussed anymore but i think it's just something else to mention is a is another relationship there
0: yeah and I think there's certainly that crisis point that she brought into play where by pushing his astral form out of his body, she helped him to realise quite how much he didn't know and how limited his perspective on the universe was.
1: And interestingly, there's a flip when Stephen Strange does that to, to Spider-Man. He just thinks it's cool. that like He's completely happy with the idea, oh, look, I'm a ghost. Uh, he he kind of loves that as opposed to the, the kind of... The, you know, the, The worry that that Stephen finds within that.
0: Yeah, and and also Peter, perhaps there's something there he could teach Stephen if Stephen was willing to listen because Peter has a preternatural control over his body, perhaps because of his spider abilities that Stephen completely didn't anticipate, you know when he just keeps moving the box away from Stephen's reach Mm. you shouldn't be able to do that. Let's have a look at a Stanley moment now Uh, Usually we choose a Stan Lee cameo from an MCU movie or other Marvel adjacent property to discuss. But this time, with our theme being mentoring in the MCU, I thought it could be a good opportunity to look at Stan's relationship with his young fans. I've got a video here that we can take a look at. I don't know if you knew this, but Stan Lee almost, very almost, had a TV show of his own back in the 60s.
2: And this is from a pilot episode for that show. I'm Stan Lee. I've been writing stories for the young generation for the past 30 years. And in the course of that time, well, I would imagine I receive about two to 300 fan letters every day. Probably as much as the Beatles. I spend most of my time reading the mail and quite a lot of time answering it. During this time, I think I've learned a lot about what young people think. More importantly, I think I've learned a lot about what young people are. Today, we've come to a time in history when there definitely is a generation gap. It seems to us that perhaps anything that can be done to bridge this gap, anything that can be done to help present the point of view of these young people Without being patronizing, without hostility, with respect, with attention, would be a very beneficial thing. We think that a voice is needed. Oh, sure, they talk a lot, and they yell a lot, and they demand a lot, but so often nobody really listens to them. We're going to try to present a voice that somebody will listen to. The voice is needed. We hope it will be ours. Uh, so uh, just to give a little
0: context for that, I think the idea was that Stan was going to have a a panel show and there was going to be younger um, people on the show. And that's why he said, we hope that this voice will be ours. Mm. So it wasn't necessarily that it would be younger people listening to older people, but it would be all ages listening to Stan talking to these young people on his show.
1: That's really interesting. Yeah, it's a shame that obviously that's never really come come about. But yeah, I'd never seen that before, or heard of that idea before, but even then speaking of the generation gap and we haven't done much to that's still there it's potentially even worse than it was so it's amazing to hear of the time obviously spent reading fan mail and and, and, and responding you wonder how, how much he was able to keep that going into into later life and stuff but I kind of really Credible example of of trying to engage with young people.
0: Yeah it's fantastic because I think well certainly for all of my lifetime I just remember Stan has been an old man really mm. and but I think it's probably easy to overlook the fact that even in the heyday of his writing and editing for Marvel in the 60s and 70s he was already a middle-aged person, perhaps older than you or I are now. So he, he didn't necessarily have an intuitive grasp of who young people were and what they wanted, but it's very encouraging to hear that he had that willingness to listen. Hmm. And he, he certainly, in his letter columns, tried to generate this sense of community, this availability for the fans, and this willingness to listen. And I just thought that was especially good to listen to on this theme of mentoring i think it's particularly poignant because of our work with young people and i i guess i was also thinking about it a lot because listening to your own podcast the idea of listening to the young people we work with uh, comes up a lot so i wonder if perhaps we could just take a moment to shine a spotlight on real faith which is your podcast
1: yeah, that's great. Thanks, Matt. So it's, yeah, Real Faith, E L. the pun, I, I guess, because it's it's looking at film and, and TV shows and trying to take film and TV shows seriously. All my kind of aim is is often to look at film and TV shows that maybe don't often get discussed from a Christian youth work perspective. And, 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 and so the key things about the podcast are that in essence, I'll always have somebody on to discuss the media, who is in the field of youth work, often from a Christian perspective, and, and has been so far. But but I don't think necessarily has to be, but but definitely is it's somebody who's connected and working with young people, and and for example, the the episode that just came out today was around the Chucky TV series, so again, a focus on older young people and. You won't often hear, I think, within Christian circles, people talking about the the good things in in horror films, specifically, because that's a horror has been a a huge part of my life. Something I've then, when I be, um, chose to become a Christian, wrestled with that aspect of of how do I integrate my faith with horror, and and it's definitely something that. I didn't agree with it at first that those two things could come together, but kind of later in my life, and especially in the last decade or so, I've really embraced horror films as a as a really good form of media that we can discuss with with young people, and 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 so that was the launching off of the the podcast was really for my love of horror, but we've covered obviously as you, you've mentioned the Matrix episode, Spider Man. Squid Game was the first episode that looked at with that. And next week, as obviously as as we're recording this, there'll be an episode on the new Scream film as well. Just because I I think we should, rather than simply saying to young people, oh, you shouldn't watch this because it's got this in it or this in it, I would rather give youth workers and youth leaders the tools to be able to have an informed discussion with a young person. And so I try and choose film and TV, particularly that that I feel that young people are watching and will watch. And and, and so that's, that's the basis of the, the podcast. So it's a discussion like this, normally with somebody, looking at themes and how that can then be used in discussion with young people.
0: Thank you. Yeah, I've really been enjoying listening to your podcast. And um, one of the things that I find quite interesting is that as well as talking about themes you can discuss with young people, it actually ventures into discussion about how considering these themes for ourselves as youth workers, hmm. it can inform how we do youth work. So there's been a lot of discussion about uh, valuing the voices of young people, uh, just as Stanley was talking about there, hmm. Um kind of valuing their agency. And I think more than that, it's really good to just, it, it can be, it has broader appeal, than for just youth workers, I think. I think somebody listening as a parent, wondering how can I engage with my children, what my teenagers about what they're watching could get a lot from it. But I think it could even have appeal for people who like listening to shows like this, where they consider broader themes and deeper themes in media. Uh, So I can really recommend it, yeah. Thanks, Matt. So this is our section mindful moments in the MCU. And up till now, we've been looking at the practice of Florilegia. Um, So basically what we're doing is we're just simply taking quotes from the movies or from the TV shows and explaining what they mean to us, why they stood out to us. And then after that, we read them out again, one after the other and see whether juxtaposed they take on fresh meaning. So Stephen, on the theme of mentoring, what quote uh, came to your mind?
1: Yes, yeah, so we've obviously alluded to it in the discussion. It's the the bit in Age of Ultron where Clint and Wanda are nestled up in a, in a space when the the all the Ultron's are attacking Sokovia and, and things are kind of going crazy and the whole city is being lifted up and and clearly Wanda is is, is struggling just with with what is going on and and partly that. The, She's in some way responsible for some of it as well. And Clint says to her, it it doesn't matter what you do or what you wear. If you go out there, you fight and you fight to kill. Stay in here. You're good. I'll send your brother to come find you. But if you step out that door, you are an avenger. And again, it goes, a quote in and of itself doesn't necessarily mean much without the context of it. But I think it goes back to to the relationship that Clint has as a as a mentor, as a um, reluctant mentor often. But he has the ability with with words to to really understand where the mentee is is coming from, and and to give them that that strength. And again, you see the the expression change on Wanda's face as she takes in those words. Uh, he, he gives her. Again, that way out, as in you, you don't need to engage with this. You can stay here, and that's okay. If you're not ready for this, that's okay. But if you are, you are an avenger. And, and he, when she's in that place of self-doubt, low self-worth, he—he he puts that that crown on her head, I guess, and and says, "No, this is this is this is who you are, and and, and you're ready if you feel you're ready." And, and I guess that encapsulates that mentoring relationship that we've been talking about.
0: That's brilliant. Thank you. I I like that imagery of the crown, especially given um, how her full costume is later revealed in WandaVision mm. with the kind of scarlet tiara. And perhaps Clint saw something in her or helped her see something in herself that didn't become fully realised for another few years. And mm. that, too, perhaps speaks to the role of a of a mentor to call forth that vision of yourself that perhaps nobody else has yet seen
1: mm. yeah that's, that's, mm. oh, that's a really interesting point I hadn't even meant it in that context but no, that's yeah no, that's really good
0: uh, so my theme uh, my quote is more of an antithetical one and it's from the last episode of Hawkeye it's the scene where Kate has her mother arrested and they're having an argument and um, Eleanor says, is basically saying, you don't understand what the world is like. You've always been sheltered. You've been young. You've been rich. You've been privileged. All the crimes that I've done have been to protect you. And I don't think you're ready to handle this. And Kate says to Eleanor, how do you know what I can handle? And I just, thinking about that in terms of mentoring, I think that is a good question to to engender some humility in the mentors because just as much as we know the other person as we can call forth what we see in them and just describe what we see in front of us we, we can never really know that person from the internal point of view and part of the mentoring process has to be finding out together what they can handle. So I I think for me, it's about that humility. So I wonder if perhaps we could read out our quotes again, uh, one after the other, and we'll just see if they take on any new meaning.
1: It doesn't matter what you do or what you wear. If you go out there, you fight, and you fight to kill. Stay in here. You're good. I'll send your brother to come find you. But if you step out that door. You are an Avenger.
0: How do you know what I can handle?
1: I think that they, they're a bit like a response to to each other. That Clint doesn't know what Wanda can handle, but and gives her those two options, and 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 so I think that they go together quite nicely. That idea, of, well. He, he doesn't put an assumption on what she can or, or can't handle, and it's simply if you need to stay here, absolutely fine. If you're ready for this, come out with me and let's do this. And yeah, and 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 so they do. I think they. It's the two sides of mentoring: the 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 positive of where you are not making assumption of the young person, mm-hmm. and the other side of where you're allowing. The young person to lead and 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 the mentoring relationship is then led by them and what they can handle at any particular point.
0: Yeah and I I think I hear in that Clint is letting Wanda decide what she can handle Mm. so the onus is very much on her whereas with Eleanor I think it's probably a little unfair because we see Eleanor and Kate at a crisis point and probably at the nadir of their relationship, but through the series we've seen, Eleanor try to support Kate, but always, I think, with a sense that she thinks she knows exactly what Kate can handle Hmm. and she has a path plotted out in her mind for Kate that isn't what Kate is looking for for herself. She, she wants a safer, more secure path, which hmm. I think doesn't really play to Kate's strengths and to her full potential. And I, I think as well as the obvious criminal crisis, the the fact that Eleanor has done some truly terrible things and that's brought them to a crisis point, I think just the fact that Eleanor has not allowed for Kate to grow into her full potential also kind of brings them to a crisis And so I think it just speaks to the need to look for a a mentor who's willing to look at your full potential and help you to realise what you can handle.
1: Yeah.
0: Well, thank you for that. And thank you for joining in our discussion. It's been really great to have you on here. I also wanted to thank David Shaw, who created our epic theme tune, The Moment Has Come. Jacob Allison, who assisted in the production of this episode, and Reuben Watt, who edited this episode. Reuben's email address will be in the show notes for anyone who wants to send him an inquiry about sound editing work. I'd also like to thank the editors of the Stanley Facebook page for sharing the clip from the pilot to his 1968 TV show, That Sadly Never Was. More thanks go to our Facebook community for all their fantastic letters and thoughts. And to all our listeners, if you enjoy what you're hearing, please do hit like, subscribe, and or follow, and all buttons of that nature. And if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, do consider leaving us five stars and a review. It really helps people to find the podcast. You can follow us on Facebook and Twitter, at Our Marvel Moment, and on Instagram, at Marvel Moments Podcast, where you can join in the discussion. Who knows? Next time it might be your message we read out. And with all that said, I think the only thing to say is goodbye.
1: Thanks, Matt. It's been a pleasure. Goodbye.
0: Thanks, Stephen. Goodbye.